today we are wrapping up the end of our Cycle 6 recap with the legendary Raja Gemini. We chat with Raja about the amazing finale of America's Next Top Model, Cycle 6. We chat with Raja about what it was like to be on set. And we find out something very significant about Tyra's trailer You guys, I'm not going to spoil it here, but you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode because my mind was blown. We get an amazing rundown of the iconic elephant photo shoot in Thailand. When you see, well, you won't see it. When you hear what Raja had to do to traverse her way there, you will just laugh yourself. It was iconic, and I cannot wait for y'all to listen to this episode. So go and get yourself a glass of water, girl, and sit right on down. This one's going to be fun. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hey, LGBTino, what's good? What's new? What's fierce? What's fine? What's fresh? Oh, you know, not much. Just, you know, living my best life these days. You know, just, you know, I'm just, I'm not letting anybody tell me no these days. The sun is shining. The 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 summer spirits are like, com- my summer powers are coming. I can feel them. I'm getting more and more powerful. We're approaching April. It's it's almost that time. How you're are feeling you? like your inner thoughtness just coming out. She yes. said crop tops, short mm-hmm. shorts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're just on the horizon. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be able to walk outside and only have to wear a denim jacket. Like that will be exciting once that day comes. Today is warmer. It's like in the 50s. Ooh. 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 <laughs> um, but like in Chicago, that's low-key kind of warm after it's been like really freezing. It's so weird how... 50 degrees in LA is cold, but 50 degrees in Chicago is warm. People turn up when it is 50 degrees in Chicago. People put on shorts. Because here's the thing. wear t-shirts. I think it's the smell in the air. Like the smell of spring. Like I smelled spring when I walked out my door this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, is that her? The groundhog said that we would have six more weeks of winter. And if I'm correct, it's actually been like six weeks since, you know, Groundhog's Day. Wow. Well, I always believe the groundhog. So it's so crazy how this little mammal is so accurate. He's so, they are so truthful. It's so nutty. (laughs) Well, let's, let's, you know, we got to set the record straight. Tell the truth today. We are wrapping up cycle six. We are putting the cherry on top of one of the best cycles of America's Next Top Model. 
We had such a great time talking about this cycle, and we're going to talk about the finale, uh, which aired May 17th, 2006. Almost 6 million people watched. Jade, Joni, and Danielle duke it out for the title of being America's Next Top Supermodel. You know, we chatted throughout this whole cycle, and I'm honestly, like, devastated that we have to move on to the next cycle. Um, but I'm devastated that we have to move on to the next cycle. We did not get the opportunity to interview Jade. Not that we didn't try. Not we that we did really not make tried. the efforts. I literally, since we started uh, this podcast a year ago, I was like, I cannot wait for the moment that I get to interview Jade Cole. And um, I guess I will have to continue waiting. Um, well, if, if she's listening to this or anybody who knows her is listening to this, let her know that the invitation stands all the time. We, uh, we will talk to you anytime, Jade. We do not need to be talking about cycle six. I'll, we'll, we'll talk it, it during cycle 20. Just give us a call. Just call, <laughs> just call us. Okay. Please. We'll, we'll Please. just, we'll just go back. We'll just go back. Uh, well, let's, let's get into these girls because we have Danielle, the Southern Belle with a fierce walk and a fun personality. Uh, what are her thoughts of Danielle? Like, what are some of her best moments, her worst w- moments? You know, she's um, I feel like Danielle has such a great trajectory throughout this competition. For me, the the worst moment for Danielle was when she fell in the really tall, tall heels and you know sprained her baby toe. I think that oh that gosh. would definitely be a low point for her. But that was like a funny mini challenge where like everyone was like eating shit. So if that's like your rough point in the competition, I feel like you did really well. Who are we talking to that said that that was such a dumb idea? Because what a liability. Because I mean, anybody with sense. Yeah, well, that's true. But, <laughs> like, but it knocked some sense into me. Whoever said that, I was like, yeah, wow, what a bad idea. Right, the ankles, the the all of it, all of it. Well, thankfully, sir, she survived. What? Who do you think is a better? Ru- What's so funny? I was just laughing because I'm actually, I'm watching you struggle with this LA sunshine right now. Like uh-huh. I can tell you're literally like Jesus Christ. Oh my God, this is I'm like a little melting right now in my bedroom. <laughs> you start off all great. You're like the sun is shining. It's really great. I'm not complaining, and the sun was just all like, I'm going to really shine. Watch Ooh. me, bitch. We've gotten to this point in the L.A. Uh, season where you change your outfits four times a day, especially me being a morning morning person. I wake up at like six and I'll be in like pants and a sweater. And by like the middle of the afternoon, I'm basically naked and then back I mean, to sweater and I think and you're honestly slightly tanner on the left side of your face now that I'm looking at you. <laughs> it's also my driving face. The side <gasps> my face oh my God. Like, wow. Yeah. That sunset here. Top model facts. Well, enough about my uneven tan that now I'm really stressed out about. Um, next, we have Joni, who's the pastor's daughter with the rebellious side. You know, she was an incredible photo taker, never ended up in the bottom. We got a chance never. to talk to Joni. Um, She's you know, giving you very much so that Alaska journey. Yes. She's like, I've never been in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Girl. What are some of our favorite Joni moments? Like, where were you like, oh, yes, this is why she's in the top three? Um, oh, that's a 
Tough one. I mean, I definitely first noticed Joni, like, really as a contender um, in the princess photo shoot. Um, just like her fall for Cinderella was like so elegant, like all that extension through her legs all the way to her toes, just so elegant and gorgeous. And then she just remained consistent. And then I also really loved Joni's focus within the competition, you know, because Jade would be constantly trying to throw her curveballs, like once we got to, um, Thailand. And I felt like at that point, Joni was just all like, I'm focused on this competition. This girl could say whatever she wants about me but she is not going to shake me or my determination and she just really I don't know she did the damn thing yeah I think the crumping photo shoot as well for me when you know (laughs) the energy in her face and like her attitude towards that she's just I mean legendary top three material for sure Um, and then we have also our last top three finalist self-proclaimed undiscovered supermodel Jade Mm -hmm. if you could pick one of the many Jade moments what was your favorite because we have so many to choose from I mean right I'm literally like um her bullying (sighs) Nana not this is not America's next best friend okay can we come back to my favorite Jade moment at the and because that is when it will be more relevant. Great. Okay. We could definitely check in about that. How about you? What's your favorite Jade moment? I mean, I liked when she called out Tyra for not picking out her photo, the right photo. <laughs> and she just is like, so she said, You dis- picked my worst one. Yeah. Especially watching it back now. Like, I'm just like <laughs> she's so upset. She's like, oh, You guys, you really picked my worst one. Like, she's like, like, Why are you setting me up like this? I had a rough week. Yeah, and yeah, just her and panel in general, general, I think, was always really, really an experience. And she really delivered some great panels that we needed from her. So she's a great uh, top three. I think this is definitely a personality (laughs) filled top three. I live for Jade from HR, you know, really just like helping you with your interpersonal problems and issues. Like, if Jade actually had a job in HR, I really, I feel like she would be the messiest HR executive. <laughs> well, Workplace heard. morale would be so fucked. <laughs> but so entertaining. <laughs> True. She would definitely make work a show, which I don't know if you would want that, depending on what the job is. Depending on how much you're getting paid. The Kardashians do it all the time. Well, and those people and they, work really and hard. Getting, you know, they tell yeah. people to get to work all the yeah. time. So. Yeah, so you get your fucking ass up and you fucking work. You lazy, non-wind work bitch, Courtney. I mean, women, International Women's Month. I mean, um, ladies. HR director, Kimberly Noel Kardashian. <laughs> Wait, is her middle name Noel, or did I, you just make that up? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Oh my god, she would be a Noel. She would. I hope that Kimberly's middle name is Noel. Not me typing out Kimberly like I know her like that. <laughs> yeah, no, Kimberly Noel Kardashian. Very that. Yeah. Wow. She's the Noel that we all thought she was. I wonder if she has. I wonder if she feels a certain type of way when they see me at Christmas. She's just like anybody who knows me knows. Noel is my favorite Christmas carol because it's my middle name. Yeah, I'm sure she does. She wants to hear her name sung by a choir full of people all the time. 
or that guy that comes and plays piano in the morning for her children when they wake up during Christmas. True. What are those? These are clothes. <laughs> what does Santa say? Ho, ho, ho's. What does Sainty say? These are clothes. <laughs> what does Chicago say? Nothing, because she has no personality. Well, it's all about North. We know Jay- that. <laughs> I'm just going off of... Um, Nori's Black book, how she refers to um, Chicago as Miss Personality. And I'm like, you know what? Chicago doesn't need a personality because she's so adorable. She's really such a pretty baby. Cutie pie. So she's like, I don't need to have a personality. Look at me. She's got a doll face. It's really, yeah, exactly. it's, It's wild. Yeah. All right. Well, look, speaking of doll faces, I'm so excited. For our next guest, they were one of the first people that we had on Want to Be on Top when we started. And I'm so excited to have them back because not only are they an iconic, legendary superstar drag queen, they also are like a real top model expert because they were there themselves. So we are going to be joined by RuPaul's Drag Race season three winner and mom podcast sister, Raja Gemini. We'll be right back. Now, it is always a very special day here at Wannabe on Top when we get to talk with someone who actually knows what it was like to be there, was on set for these iconic shoots. And today, we get someone who is also a Forever Dog alum, family member, and winner of season three of RuPaul's Drag Race, Miss Manila Raja Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> the real winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 3, Manila Luzon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hi, Raja. How are you, Hi, sister? Baby. Hi, Raja. I'm so good. Hi, Maxwell. Hi, Shay. So nice to talk to you guys. Happy yes. to be here. Happy to be likewise, here. Likewise. Mm-hmm. Likewise. I was um, <laughs> just saying before you... Uh, Hopped on that, you know, it was a year ago that we were chatting when we first started recording. Aye, a year? I know. Mm-hmm. It's already been a year. God damn, time flies. It really does. And I feel like so much has happened just in Ma'am. the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a couple things, you know, like here and there. <laughs> Um, you know, when we last spoke with you, we were chatting mm-hmm. about cycle one. So this was, you know, mm-hmm. prior to your involvement on the mm-hmm. show. So now I am really excited to catch up with you because <laughs> we know that you made a couple appearances this cycle, including yes. being in drag for one uh-huh. of them, you know, <laughs> yep. where we were Who's the real Tyra? Now, Cycle 6 aired in <laughs> March and ended in May of 2006. Um, okay. So what, what was your life like, okay, being mm-hmm. a makeup artist on one of the biggest reality television shows at that time? 
Okay, first of all, first of all, there's there's so many episodes of America's Next Top Model that exist now. I had to find it on Netflix. How the fuck do I watch this? I consulted <laughs> with Maxwell beforehand. I was like, which episode are we going to be discussing? And he's like, we're going to be talking about season six finale. So I had to look everywhere for it. They don't have it on Netflix. I had to pay the $1.99 to watch it on Prime Video. So somebody somebody at my, uh, Forever Forever Dog and Mom <laughs> podcast owes me $2. You needed oh, no. to investigate you, a little harder. You, I would have given you my yeah, password. I would have given you my Hulu password because yeah. I have all oh. a top model on Hulu. Everything. Oh, shit. And I have Hulu. I didn't even think of it. Never mind. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? Two, we have all these bucks. different streaming services. Sometimes you, for, you, you lose track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I watched it this morning, and what was so profound to me about this particular season was that this was the first season that I was asked, after already working on two, uh, sorry, cycles before this, two cycles before that, as assistant. So this particular cycle, I was invited to be the key top model facts wow. so wow. so for me so for me looking back at it it really is quite moving and it brings back a lot of nostalgia and a, and, and a great amount of pride because before that I I worked at a Mac counter and was freelancing and then luckily got into the position of of assistant for Matthew Anderson on America's Next Top Model and then this very season was the one that uh that I basically took over yeah. And how I took over, because halfway through the season, the first, you know, they, they always bring the girls to the country uh, when there's, what, six left? Mm-hmm. When there's, well, yeah, when there's six left, they, they, they bring the girls to another country. And the I was still actually, the first half of the season, I was still assisting. There was a girl named Mai, who was a, a brilliant makeup artist, but she, and I was assisting her. So she was unable to go to Thailand because she had a job with Cheryl Crow on tour. Wow. So I went up to the producer, Jim DeYonker, who is the guy who shot the CoverGirl campaign. He was, he was the producer oh, of the photo shoots. Yeah, I walked right up to him and I was like, hey, Jim, mine can't go. I'm available. Let me go to Thailand with you guys and let me take over. That's really the history and how it went for me becoming the key makeup artist was me asserting myself and saying, hey, you know what? Yo, I'd be, I'd be painting better than her. Um, me and Matt, <laughs> me, um, y'all remember me as Matthew's assistant and we, we, you know, we, we paint about the same. So why don't you just go ahead yes. and, and quit playing, quit playing with me and give me the job. And, yeah. and that, that's the bravado, uh, and, uh, the daringness of youth and hunger for, for a position. And sometimes if anyone is listening here and wants to know how you get something in life, sometimes you got to be brave enough to say it out loud, go get it yourself and manifest it to happen. Yeah. So, so seeing myself on on this last episode, dollar ninety nine, um, on Amazon, <laughs> I, you know, it was it was <laughs> it was moving because this was exciting for me. It was exciting to get to travel for the first time in my career as a key makeup artist for a major television show, working underneath you know executive producer and icon Tara Banks. So. Yeah. Yeah, very, very, it's very profound for me. I mean, like, that is a really, I mean, I can only imagine being in my 20s and having done something like that, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Well, I I think I was in my early 
thir- I might have been like 31 in 2006. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I was in your 20s. But I was that yeah, I was yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I was just I was I've I felt it. I felt moved by it and and the universe was like if you don't if you don't if you don't open up your mouth right now yeah. and say that you uh, that you want this gig and that you deserve this gig, nothing else is good. Nothing good will happen to you if you don't open open up your fucking mouth right now. And I did it and I got it and then I ended up dressing up like Tyra which was ridiculous. <laughs> no, I'm Tai Tai Baby. All, that was... Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> no, I'm Tai Tai Baby. Well, you know, that part of that is a little bit problematic, too, because Tyra had me, you know, go, I'm Thai. No, I'm Thai. Well, actually, I'm not Thai, Tyra. I'm Indonesian. So we, we're oh. just because we're Asian doesn't mean we're all the same kind of Asian. Right. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it. So she was like, "Well, you're kind. You're Asian. You're Thai. We're going to Thailand." And I was like, "I'm actually Indonesian, but okay. I want to be on TV." So, yeah. um, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll never forget uh, her taking because she had one of those double decker trailers Ooh. on set. Yeah, they they have trailers that are double decker. They're she basically had a double. No, I, the only other time I've heard about a double decker trailer was um, when I think it was like Pharrell talked about meeting Michael Jackson. But anyway. She had one. She had wow. one. And I, and I remember going Luxury. upstairs right after they finished doing the judging. Because if you notice, we're wearing I'm wearing the same outfit that she had at judging. <laughs> she 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 took she took me up into her double decker. There was a fireplace in her trailer. What? Yeah, an electric fireplace. I'm dead. And I remember putting on she took the dress off and put the dress on me. And then Kaya Wright, who's who was her hairstylist and wig stylist put that wig she didn't give me the lace front she gave me the hard front <laughs> she said here you Cause go the, yeah because the late because the lace front was way <laughs> <laughs> and then the dress uh happened to fit and then we just did it and i thought it was the silliest idea but i i couldn't wait to be on tv in drag yes. no that's yes. so funny i was wondering if that was the same dress because i mean they show i think even a picture of you side by <laughs> side and i'm like Whoa, I was like, she's wearing <laughs> the same dress. That is impersonation to a TV. No, she, she, <laughs> she literally took it off her body and put it on mine. And um, it, it was a moment. It was a moment. And so for this um, cycle and for like this shooting season, like what, what was that about? Like maybe like a one month, two month process? It's All about, it's about, I would say it's a good six weeks. Yeah, a month and a half. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's how it happens with, with Drag Race as well. You know, there's 13 contestants and they, yeah. they go through the same, the same, uh, the same schedule that, that yeah. we would have had. You know, it's like every other day, no days off and those girls are exhausted and mm-hmm. we covered a lot. I believe it was under two months. And then, yeah. um for sure it was 3 weeks of us internationally up to 3 yeah. weeks internationally yeah and so during this time um were you also just like working in drag and weho and then just like taking time off to go and shoot um yeah yeah top model Yes, yes, baby. I was co- I was collecting any coin that was coming my way. Yeah, and and I was really, really attached to drag, you know. And there was no way that I was going to like, you know, uh, you know, it, it, drag was part of my life. Absolutely. Aside from me being a makeup artist, I was also a queen. So, 
um, you know, that's how it really came about. And 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 uh, recently, I we had a conversation, Delta and I, on very that about how Twiggy had come to see our show at Rage, the Dream Girl show. Wow. Um, and Twiggy had come to see the show, and uh, yeah, so it was it was synonymous. Drag, makeup, it all kind of went together. It was what I was doing at that time. You know, and so you are. Doing drag, shooting top model, working the makeup counter at Mac. Are there any like significant like memories with either any of your sisters while performing or any significant clients or other memories like that during that period of time? Well, you know, I, it, it, Jeez, it was a different time. So I felt real special because I was working in TV. I was working uh-huh. behind the scenes in fashion. I was doing yes. advertisement. So I was really fluffed, honey. I was feeling really <laughs> cute. And I would, I would, because of my, uh, because of my close ties with people who worked in the industry, I was able to bring pretty famous guests to come see our yes. show at the Dream Girls at Rage, which is now called Heart um, in West Hollywood. Uh, you know, yes. my my guests who sat at, at the show to watch my myself perform and, and the queens, you know, I brought Joss Stone in. Wow. I brought uh, Paulina Poroskova. I brought wow. Twiggy. I brought Dita Von Teese. You know, yes. um, all these all these people were, were people that I was tied to through friendship or other or rather through um, through my my job that was outside of drag. Yeah. So I was I was. Yeah, I was feeling it. <laughs> and so, okay, back to top model. Okay, because uh, we're, we're we're rounding to the finale at this point on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask. So the jungle shoot with the elephants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how was it getting to that? location because we know the experience that Joni had she said you know they rode these elephants getting there how did you guys get there to this shoot out out like deep in the jungle it was Indiana Jones um (laughs) no one no one no one allowed the crew uh to uh take our um stuff whatever we needed on the road that the elephants took or the trail that the elephants took. Instead, we had to cross a fucking river. And uh, and all of my makeup kit, uh, Christian's hair kit, um, the clothing all had to be loaded onto a raft that was a uh, makeshift. No. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was a makeshift raft. Uh, that was essentially four like inner tubes tied together <laughs> with a plank of wood to the top, and so th- our kits were placed on top of it, and then and then a separate raft came and then took us across this small river, across, and then eventually we had to do a small hike that took us into this clear uh, area in the <laughs> in the jungle, That's and so then. Funny. And then uh, our caterers, there was there was a little, there was a legit parking lot. Our caterers basically gave us our food, like here's your lunch. So we had to hold on in plastic bags individually. We each had our lunch, and wow. we had to clutch onto our lunch. 
get across this raft. And then we had to hang, because we were in the middle of a jungle, we were told that we had to hang our our plastic bags with our food on a tree in order for any sort of critters that were on the ground not to come and eat our food. We were there. Wow. <laughs> and then they, they set up uh, just... Um, uh, just a quick canopy, you know, on four sticks, and that's where we did hair and makeup. Um, I'll never forget poor Danny, Danielle, um, mm-hmm. baby. When you're when you're in Southeast Asia and your <coughs> stomach hurts and you've got that that you know, and you're pissing out your ass. That that mm-hmm. was what she was going through. And poor baby, we poor we thing. you know, yeah. I, I'll never forget that day. But but also some of the most beautiful images. That I'm proud of really came in that shoot and um, to get to watch it and the elephants were so beautiful and and gentle and Mm -hmm. there was two, there was two elephants that we would, that we used, that we Uh switched back and forth, you know, because some of them would get a little tired and they would rest and then we brought in another separate elephant, but um, uh, an experience I'll never forget, never, never in my life. That's amazing. It's 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 so funny <laughs> to hear the differences between your experience and Joni's because she was just like, you know, it was really majestic and I had this amazing, you know, just like spiritual experience and, you know, whatever Danielle was feeling, she wasn't showing it. It just felt really great. And you were like, girl, this was straight up Indiana Jones. We were traversing <laughs> the jungle, mama. <laughs> yes. And Don't she, make up I on mean, a raft. And she was certain that you guys had some like back road. Yeah, like, she, she like, did. She's like, probably... I don't know how they got there, what road they took. And um, no. um, um, the road was a river. Yeah, it no. It was they, a the, river. I, I think the reason why they did that was they didn't want the girls to know what exactly was happening. Waiting you know? for them, so, yeah. so they had to sneak us in so that we yeah. were ready before they got there. And we had to go across rapids, essentially. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it. I didn't, I didn't think he, I didn't have a second thought about it. I was like, yeah, yo, we were about adventure. to shoot with some elephants in the jungle uh-huh. and you know and, and to be honest it really wasn't i mean it was a jungle but it was like it was a park it was a like a park where you could hang out with elephants oh uh, gotcha. ethically i'm not i'm not really sure how well these elephants were taken care of i really didn't know i just went it was the job i had to do so yes. i as far as i knew these elephants were taken care of just fine yeah um I don't know. It was, it was, it was, you know, I, I didn't know any better and I, I was just happy to be there. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go across a river. Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> I would go across the river too. For Tyra, yeah. anything. Yeah. It was fun. It was For a the fun fashion, day. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, that is such a, an amazing story. Would you say that that probably of like the, experience as a whole um is like top three uh top three for sure top three yeah um and the uh and then uh next on that maybe first at the top of the list would be the time when we shot on the great wall of china which i was just gagged you know i was like what am i doing here this is cool this yeah. is this is a this is a moment of just awe. I just I was like, wow, why am I why am I here? Well, who I don't even I don't deserve to be here at all, but I'm just gonna 
drink it all in, and and uh, the elephant shoot in the jungle was definitely at the top of my list. Ooh, but great Royal China. That one was so iconic. Didn't Tyra uh, yeah, shoot that yeah, one? Yeah. Tyra shot that. She sure did. Alicia, Chanel, Bianca. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, who else? And the blonde girl. Oh, God, what was her name? Oh, Chantal. No. It, Chan- no. Um, no oh, yeah, um, Chantal was there, too. Yeah. But, uh, no. Um. Oh, my gosh. I'm blanking on her name. Is it, it um, They dyed Allison? her hair blonde. Isn't it Allison? No, it wasn't Allison. She had big eyes. Yes. Um, this, like, really kind of, like, Gaga nose. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck um, was her what name? What was her I'll get to the bottom of it. There are so many. There are so many. But you know what? What's what's interesting is two of the people that Jenna. I really connect. Jenna. Jenna. Yes, Jenna. <laughs> but two two of the women that I still connect with often from the Top Model series are the two from this this particular cycle, um, Joni and Danny for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joni and I chit chat text talk talk all the time um we we still have a connection i love her to pieces she is brilliant genius funny goofy talented um multifaceted you literally just took the word out of my mouth i was literally gonna say multifaceted no yeah she's danny danny is now you know an entrepreneur uh she's so hooked into fashion and lifestyle Mm and and she's stunning, and she's just fucking fantastic. So, uh, you know, re rewatching um, this was was like, oh my god, these these bitches are still my friends. I love these girls. Mm-hmm. You know, I still I wonder about Jade often because I I don't know where her social media is. I, you know, and I actually enjoy Jade. I enjoyed every single bit of her, of her craziness and and the delusions. I found her to be absolutely beautiful. We you know? absolutely we <laughs> love Jade here. Oh like, God! We were literally just talking about how we tried so hard to get her on, and we still—I mean, the door's always open for Jade to come on mm-hmm. here and chat with us because I just we yeah. adore her. <laughs> she she's one I'd love to catch up with and see yes. what's going on because because <laughs> uh, she was such a character, so over the top, so drag. So big, so like you know, grandiose. Just like <laughs> <laughs> she felt every fantasy, honey. I love Jade very much. So, yes, please. Okay, so let's talk about this cycle six finale, okay? Because we mm-hmm. have such a fantastic top three. I mean, we really just went over them each, Danielle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Joni and mm-hmm. Jade. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as we know, the final cover girl ad is like such an essential day in top model. And this is where the girls are tested on their acting, modeling, smizing, and versatility. And the models <laughs> are asked to learn a cover girl script verbatim and take a uh-huh. photo for lash exact mascara. Mm-hmm. Raja, now that you've done a reality show competition very successfully Mm -hmm. might I add Mm because you won Mm -hmm. the whole thing do you think um this is a difficult challenge do you feel like the models are given enough time to do this no it and it's they're not given enough time and that's what what it's meant to be it's it's meant to add it's meant to add that pressure and 
you know, if this were a real modeling gig, uh, <laughs> you know, and you were given a script, you were you're at least given two to three days to get you know get yourself together, absolutely, and and, and get to set and and know your thing. It's never just the night before. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, here you go and make sure you're excellent. Make sure you're giving the best that you can. And and they're exhausted, you know, and know. you have to think about the age of these girls at, at that time. They're usually somewhere between 18 and like 23, yep. uh, you know. So they're 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 exhausted. They're they're jet lagged and and yeah. Do they the, give know, them they're... a day for jet lag at all or no? It's just like you get there and you it's just right to the panel or the shoot or whatever. I know it's they show that, much... but if there's like a day in between, I think there there's a day in between maybe, but a day in between still isn't enough. You know, it's like you got to really adjust to that your surroundings and. And the, and the sad part is uh, these girls who are still in competition don't really get to see the town. Yeah. You know, they, they, they get f- right from the airport and then they put them right into their big suite at the top of whatever hotel or house that they, they, they're put in. And then, and then next day they go right into it. So they get, about, they get about a half a day to a day to adjust. And then they go into it and then that's it. And, you know, so... The, you know, by the time the fashion show is there, they're or by the time they do this cover girl ad, they're they're exhausted. They're like, whatever, you know. <laughs> like I can relate to Jade on so many levels watching this. She was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going and going because eventually somebody's gonna pull out some cue cards for me. So we can't be we can't be sitting here all day with me fumbling and stumbling. So <laughs> I mean, and like all professionals use cue cards teleprompters oh, yeah. you know if, at for least sure. if you're not given like a script beforehand like write it out for you to be able to read it yeah near uh-huh. camera uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah yes okay well you know what let's take a quick break but when we come back let's really dive in and dissect these performances from the covergirl commercials we'll be right back We are back and we are discussing these CoverGirl cosmetic final performances from our top three. And first mm-hmm. up, we have Joni. Okay, mm-hmm. so Joni, she got her lines down and was absolutely prepared, ready to slay. She had mm-hmm. no issues working through this challenge when it came to her photo, another effortless knockout um yeah. at panel the judges they were obsessed with Joni and her commercial mm-hmm. they said mm-hmm. they loved her smile and mm-hmm. that they were looking forward to seeing her more comfortable uh-huh. because you know they made kind of some comments about her being a little bit tight still in the mouth but i mean she had some pretty evasive dental work and like yeah. that takes time yeah yeah, yeah. To heal. Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Um, Joni was just, Joni was great at, uh, Joni was great. You know, she was good at it. I, I could have definitely seen her as a winner. 
But mm-hmm. now in hindsight, looking at it, I'm like, of course she, you know, she's she's kind of made. She was she was Joni was never meant to be a high fashion model to begin with. She was one of those 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 uh, models that was brilliant at commercial. You know, uh-huh. she definitely knew. Mm-hmm. She definitely knew her angles. She knew. How, she knew. She just knew how to how to do the commercial stuff more. Yes. More than she excelled at the high fashion thing. So this was an area that she, I knew that she was going to do really great at, and she did. Um, and commercial money uh, is good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top model facts. But I remember the judging, though. There was the Thai designer. Uh, I think the brand was called Issue, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Thai designer who had the uh, interpreter, I remember that he was very brutal like to all three of them because he did not know what was going on he did not know what the other three judges was talking about he needed a translator and 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 this designer was just going off what was in front of what in front of what you know what was what was right in front of him so he was saying all kinds of things like i think you're a little this you're a little no yeah and just going off and they edited <laughs> uh, they edited that edited out about 25 minutes off of each girl that he was just going off on these Damn. girls and i remember watching it on the sidelines cracking my ass up because everyone was like you know giving their like they're, they're sound bites. And this bitch was going off on the girls, and it was hysterical. <laughs> I love that. So by the time it aired on TV, it was edited just beautifully just to get the, the just to get that good sound bite. <laughs> but she was going off, honey. She was <laughs> she literally said, What is this? Yeah, what is this trash, darling? She said, like, Where come am on. I? <laughs> but um, no, I think Joni did great. Um, you know. Um, those commercials were so corny, and they and they purposely put in the tongue twisters, lash blast, exact mascara. You know, it was like what? <laughs> like it was always some tongue twister, something that they that you know they just knew they was gonna fumble on, and um, and Joni Joni shined. You know, right? Love her. Mm-hmm. Jody said, "I didn't come to play. I came to get this one hundred thousand dollars in this CoverGirl <laughs> contract." All right. So next up, we have Danielle. Mm-hmm. Now, Danielle. The, I know. Throughout the whole mm-hmm. cycle, she was critiqued on her accent and mm-hmm. the way that she speaks. And mm-hmm. leading up to this, she was very nervous. And mm-hmm. um, on set, she had some issues with the lines and needed cue cards to deliver them. And mm-hmm. she knew that she didn't excel at the commercial and she wanted to make up for it in the photo shoot and definitely succeeded um mm-hmm. danielle as a commercial mm-hmm. model i feel like true this this was kind of like the story arc that we were going to be led to the entire time with this cover girl Mm-hmm. photo shoot because you know the girls need to be able to present themselves to be able to sell 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 and be approachable and likable by so many different markets and you know really brand themselves as being what a true american woman is and daniel definitely uh i feel like was a little psyched out going into this how do you remember uh, that day with her on set being? 
Um, I remember, well, you know, I got really, really close to the girls because, you know, they came to us on every episode, every day, and we were like, you know, the, the moment of just relief, you know, just mm-hmm. like, okay, we get to, we get to breathe for a second. We get to mm-hmm. laugh, we get to connect with somebody and we get to, you know, just, just relax, you know? Yes. And I remember us going over the lines with all three of them, and I remember sort of helping Danielle uh, uh, in in doing some coaching, you know, in like okay, not you know, not lash blast, lash blast, you know. But mm-hmm. now when I think about it, I mean, there's there's even a moment in there because there were so few glimpses of me in those episodes, and there's really a quick hot second in there where I said something to her about like chitlins or something and it was it was like i mean now thinking about it like if anybody heard it they would have been like well who the fuck are you to be calling out chitlins on an on a black girl's accent we were close you know we were we were close they were they were so we we joked with each other there's one moment Mm -hmm. with anchal Mm -hmm. uh you know on that season where i called her chapati which is like a, a flatbread you know and it's an indian flatbread so we had nicknames for each other and we we used our brownness and our our yes, uh, our, our differences, familiarity, familiarity mm-hmm. the sameness of our cultures, and used it with each other, you know. And we were because mm-hmm. we were friends, and there was a moment in it, and I'm like, God, why the fuck did I say that? But then I thought about it, and I'm like, that whole thing now, sixteen two thousand six, yeah, sixteen years ago, yeah, different you, you world. Know, you would never, you would never even question. Uh, you know, a girl's dialect of where they came from as part of the mm-hmm. U.S. or any part of the world. Yeah, you know, we we don't tell Cardi B to stop talking like Cardi B does. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and and that's a particular New York. You know, <laughs> right? And, it's and part it's, of her charm. In her, it's part of her charm. It, and everyone's uniqueness and everyone's differences and stuff. And we would we would probably never do it that way. We would never assume that just because you had to be in a cover girl campaign that you would have to speak. You know proper isn't that what it's called when you yeah. when you when you give give that newscaster commercial english mm-hmm. that uh yeah it, it wouldn't even be a that. question now mm-hmm. so i do remember i remember helping her through it i remember guiding her through it in some ways in the small way that i could you know um but uh definitely okay danny's picture as, as, as you know of the, the cover girl image I remember for Christmas, I had framed a magazine, I believe it was People magazine maybe, that mm-hmm. had the ad in it, the CoverGirl ad that was being, uh-huh. you know, that was being distributed around the country and world. I remember framing it and giving it to my parents for Christmas, <laughs> the photo of Danny, because it was my very, very, my personal, very, very first time in having a huge, huge... A corporate campaign that was yes. printed and published, and I gave it to my parents. Like, look what I did! You know, they had no idea yes. what it was. They were like, "Okay, cool, <laughs> great, Merry Christmas to you too." You know, and I, <laughs> you're like, I believe girl. I st- <laughs> yeah, I still have. I believe I still have one of the magazines somewhere in my in my um, archives of things. Um, uh, and it was a proud moment for me. So yes. that that cover girl campaign, regardless of how she spoke, she did look so stunning in it, and um, and it was a proud moment for me. 
Absolutely. Because I'm, because I'm a Gemini, I'm going to bring it back right back to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, Gemini season is not too far away. It's coming. You know? it's, it's coming. coming. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Lastly, um, biracial butterfly and undiscovered supermodel, Jane. Mm-hmm. Love Jade. I already said it. I love Jade so much. What what released, you know, I mean, her performance uh, in, in the CoverGirl ads, uh, I think there was one where they had to do like a party. Was that on this season? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> she was uh, she was just always team too much. Like, you know, <laughs> just kind of get yeah, too much. That's why we live. Well, uh-huh. It's funny you bring that up, too, because when she was doing the acting, like when they were like, you have to memorize your line, she had the nerve to ask Mr. J if she could improvise the, this CoverGirl commercial. And it's like, girl, <laughs> when you were told to improvise the CoverGirl commercial last time, it, you, you... <laughs> it didn't work out for you. So She's like, but I've been studying. I've been working on my improvisational skills, and I'm. this is my time. I think now yeah. is my time to show y'all Here, I can really w- do it. One of one of the things that I've learned from Tyra and working on these various cycles of America's Next Top Model is the concept of you got to fake it to make it. Yes. And that has, you know, it has been embedded and tattooed in my brain since I've, I, I heard it, you know. And she was the one who really taught me that. And and Jade really kind of embodied that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what sticks out the most to me is her exit. Uh, when they told her that she didn't get it and she did the, like, you know, the... the spoken a, word. Uh-huh, and the bow, the bow, you know, she <laughs> bowed to everyone as she left the room. And I remember being outside of the of the of the judging room. Now, mind you, the judging room, you know, it, this this was in the it would we we would start taping in the afternoon. There was no air conditioning at all. This was on a set that was provided for us. There was no air conditioning. Everyone was sweating. Wow. Uh, Tyra's lace wow. was lifting constantly so it was like you know we were all sweating and i remember being outside of the room watching this on a monitor as she did her bow and we were all kind of like looking at each other like what is this fucking girl doing but you know what she was the mother she's miss vanjie's mother honey she miss vanjie the house down (laughs) she was like you will not forget me i'm gonna give you a a louis the 14th curtsy bow and leave this studio and um you know jade was such a character i uh (laughs) <laughs> she she was a fun, she was a funny girl. I really I really enjoyed working with her. Reality uh, show yes. legend. Yeah. Icon yeah, yeah. star. Icon. Icon. Okay, so the top 2 are announced and it is Joni and Danielle who are going to go face to face in this runway show and mm-hmm. at the final panel uh, mm-hmm. The models are judged on mm-hmm. their whole body of work throughout the competition. And so mm-hmm. the judges review their photos throughout the cycle. And so we are going to do the exact same. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the first photo shoot from this cycle. The bald mm-hmm. photo shoot that the girls did covered in mm-hmm. these Swarovski crystals. Um, the makeup on this is incredible. Incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this was a challenge. We we had to bring in a team of people because um I didn't I didn't do special effects, you know, and um at the time Mai was the makeup artist. So we had to bring in a team from some makeup school to come in and bald cap all the girls. And then we had a representative from Swarovski. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Oh my god, this is 16 years ago. I hope this girl wasn't isn't still working for Swarovski cuz I'm about to spill some tea. Yeah. She <laughs> Yeah. We became friends on set real real quick, you know, as you do with stylists and reps mm-hmm. and stuff. But I remember this 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 girl was wild, bitch. Um she she she, you know, we were talking during the break and stuff and she's like, "Hey, because I was, you know, I gagged on all the Swarovskis. There was <laughs> envelopes and envelopes and envelopes. And you know how much those things cost. Yes. You know, uh, up one envelope of Swarovskis is a lot of fucking money. And I was yeah. gagging, gagging, gagging <laughs> on it. And I was like, and so, of course, I immediately made friends with her. I'm like, you know, you got to go right to the source. So she's like, hey, why don't we hang out tonight? You know, let's let's do something after after the shoot. And so Charlie, who was the uh, stylist... Him and I went to her hotel room, and, and I'm not, I, I won't give the details, but we partied in her hotel room. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and sometimes when you party with somebody and you're having a good mm-hmm. time, you become, you know, things get very agreeable. Yes. And I somehow coax this bitch to give me <laughs> multiple envelopes of Swarovski. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah we were drinking and whatever, and then we were like, "I love you so much, sis. We're gonna be best friends forever, right?" We're, we're oh my god! And then and I left with a bag full of like her her in her her entire inventory. At least half of the Swarovskis went in my bag, and I went home, and um and needless to say, I didn't sleep at all that night. <laughs> be, be, because I had a lot of because I had a lot of Swarovski. Yes. Oh my gosh, that is so iconic. <laughs> I was curious so what was harder to take the caps off or put them on, but that's funny. You were just like, no, we I don't even do that. Somebody else had to come and do no, that. No, we we it was never it was never really our problems to remove the makeup or the hairstyles or anything. We put it on <laughs> and then they had to go home. So if if a girl got her weave back comb to filth into one Natted nest. It wasn't our problem. They had to go home and remove it, comb, <laughs> no. comb it out themselves. Uh, you know, it wasn't our problem. We were, you know, oh, you know, we all we were. Our jobs were to put it on them. So whatever, <laughs> figure figure out how to remove a bald cap. It's not that my is problem. Amazing. I love that we've gone this far without finding that out. <laughs> I believe some of them ripped it off while they were when they finished their I don't I really don't know. It wasn't my problem. Not my problem. That's good. <laughs> These models, wow. We 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 just stand them even more. Okay. Next Poor babies. Let's, let's talk about this iconic falling princess shoot. Um, we have Danielle, who's giving us Snow Black, and Joni, <laughs> who's giving us Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saying right before, um, 
Specifically for Joni, uh, this is when I really started to notice her because the way that she, her toe is just pointed and all of mm-hmm. her extension. It's so lovely. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. And Danielle it just looks so effortless and sexy. And I love the styling of that whole outfit. And I also love how when I pick Which was, apart, that, that outfit was literally like, what was, what's the brand called? Leg Avenue. Wow. Okay, because I literally was like, as I'm picking this um, apart, I was like, these little separates are giving me very 2000s little sexy mama clothes. Leg Avenue. Leg Avenue. They're good. That's the the budget. Uh Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Leg Avenue and nightgowns. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. I don't really remember that shoot very much. I remember I remember it, the finished product, but I don't remember the day of. I remember that there were girls that were really in pain. And I and you know, I'd never done anything like that, but a lot of them had really kind of hurt themselves. Yeah, they yeah, Joni kind of commented on that. She said mm-hmm. she was just like it really hurt. And, yeah, cuz they kept, um, they kept smacking into this airbag over and over and over <laughs> and over again and I remember feeling a lot of empathy for them. I was like, "Wow, you know, like let's let's get through this because it's actually becoming dangerous, you know, and painful." So, I remember that much. Yes, because yeah. it's like really uh, each fall is maybe just like one, two, three photos. Uh huh. Uh-huh, so, like, you uh-huh. really do have to do it a lot of times. And uh-huh, uh-huh. I could see, like, after the first two or three, where, like, you know, the adrenaline kind of wears off from the excitement mm-hmm. of it. And I feel like that's probably when the pain starts to kick in. You're like, um, I'm just actually dropping off this platform onto Because I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm giving <laughs> myself whiplash. Yeah, I remember feeling really bad for them. I remember, I remember that much. Um, I remember being excited about the idea of fairy tales as being a theme, but there was always something. It couldn't just be that. It had to be like we're gonna put you in fairy tale costumes and make you do something that's you know that could potentially like you know endanger you. So I remember mm-hmm. that being sort of ridiculous. But those moments really kind of trained me for when I got into. Uh, onto Drag Race, you know? I was like, reality TV means that you're probably going to have to do something really weird and crazy. And, it, and yeah. that, that that was one of those moments that I really had to channel when I had to do those things on my own, you know, of my own version on on Drag Race. We, we had to model. do trampoline. Yeah, Top Model taught me all that. Teaching uh-huh. so many of us. Um, okay, yeah. so this... I love this next one. The doll photo shoot where all the girls had to be dolls. We had um, Danielle, Mm. who was the marionette. Mm -hmm. And then Joni, who is the... Ventriloquist. Ventriloquist. Mm -hmm. Ooh, these... I did. uh, Joni just posted... (laughs) Yeah, Joni just posted that, that image... A few weeks ago on her uh, Instagram, and I was like so floored by it because that was actually one of the makeups that I did. I did have a team of people, so uh-huh. you know uh, that was one that I was especially proud of. And um, that you know, really I was, I was, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just using my drag skills on that moment, you know, and uh-huh. um, that was a really really fun one for sure. Yeah, it was was Feranda in that one too. 
Yes. Yes, for Rhonda is in the giant chair, the mm-hmm. rag doll with the little pigtails looking yep. so adorable. Forever yeah, for I did I, I did Ferrandas too. I did the the patch around her yes. eye. Uh-huh. So I just, you know, I just took my my theater, not theater, but like my performance uh makeup skills and just applied it to a bunch of models, you know. So I, yeah. I remember Joni's, Joni's in particular, and putting that mouth on her, the ventriloquist dummy mouth on her yeah one of my favorites one of my top favorites what about nena's wig (laughs) nena's wig during this oh that baby doll wig that they had nena in that was hateful i don't remember that one i have to look at it i'm sure you blocked it out <laughs> it's it was very interesting. We were going to ask you about it when you arrived, but it's good that you forgot. Honestly, I forgot about that. <laughs> I have to Google that. I have to. I don't remember her. It's giving was... very brunette. What what happened to Baby Jane? <laughs> um, just like ringlets and like a little uh-huh. side, a little bang with like a bow. Just like very. Oh, I, don't, I don't remember. I have to. Re- I have to <laughs> revisit that. I have to revisit that. <laughs> Um, okay, next up, we have the episode where Tyra did their beauty shots and made them cry glamorously. Baby. You know. <laughs> yeah, tell Baby, us about this. Yes. You're the one that put glycerin in their eyes. I remember this vividly because it was a phone call that happened the day before that, that we shot this. And they were like, yeah, Tyra's going to shoot this thing. And uh, we need the girls to cry, so we need you to figure out uh, what things the girls can use, or what we need to make the girls uh, look teary and crying. And so I, you know, went and did my own research. I went to uh, Cinema Secrets, uh, which is a a special effects makeup store here. I went to Namie's. And did my rounds and, you know, did my research. I'm like, what do you guys use to make people cry? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they had were these, like, menthol sticks. So, Mm -hmm. literally, it's like taking Vicks Vapor Rub (laughs) on, on a stick... And then you would run it on the on the under you know underneath on the water line of someone's eye, and it would literally burn till they cried. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you have a good sense of humor about this. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I had never used this stuff before. So the I job live. for me was, because I was the only makeup artist there. This wasn't a day that I got a team. Uh-huh. It was like, Sutan, you're going in. You're going to smudge a bunch of black stuff around their eyes. But mm-hmm. you got to put something in their eyes to make them tear up. And mm-hmm. I had no experience. I got help from the people at Cinema Secrets or Namies, whoever was helping me. you know. And they were like, yeah, yeah you put uh-huh. this on the... And poor babies. Poor... I mean, I might <laughs> as well have just like stuck my big toe in some Vicks. <laughs> <laughs> and ru- and scraped it with a big toenail till it bled. It was brutal. These poor babies. They were like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! My eyes are burning!" And I- <laughs> you like beat, but model through it. Model it's through okay. it. What would Tyra do? She's right there. Make it fashion. Make it fashion. Make it fashion. Poor babies. How bad do you want it? <laughs> I guess this Poor bad. babies. 
I'm like, Poor why baby. do I like the, why does the masochist in me want to just like try it and recreate this? Just to, you should you know, see the tutorial. <laughs> I'd be like, Raja told me that the people at Namie's told her. Makeup legend, Raja yes. told me. <laughs> it was a menthol stick. It was literally Vicks, like a lipstick version of Vicks. Vicks. And then you just run it. It makes me nauseous. Like uncomfortable and a little nauseous. (laughs) So sad. Poor babies. Glad they all lived through it. Yes. And this this was the week that um, Joni and Danielle both got their teeth fixed. Oh, Um, yeah. 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 I mean, we spoke with Joni about that experience. But dang, that is a lot to to go through. Mm -hmm. Did you? Did you think um, at all during this time, you're like, dang, is this too much? Or were you like, go ahead, get your new teeth, girl? I, you know what? I don't know. I I, I was so neutral about it. I was like, uh, I knew that Joni needed to have that fixed, but I was a little sad when, when they told me that they did that to Danny. I was like, oh, man. Oh, like, yeah. That was my favorite thing about her. Mm-hmm. Was that gap in her teeth that was just so perfectly quirky and it was yeah and but I knew that that getting your teeth fixed was was an expensive thing and so it really kind of worked to Joni's favor so Absolutely. you know it is what it is <laughs> and so it, and it was soon after that that they you know go on the trip to Thailand. Uh-huh. So, you know, we kind of spoke a little bit about, like, your fun little prank with Tyra going mm-hmm. up into her double-decker, which I'm still just like, I really want to experience a double-decker trailer. <laughs> yeah. Budgets were big lit- then. Like, literally the only other time I've heard of that was with Michael Jackson, and I'm still just like, okay, I have mm-hmm. it. I need mm-hmm. to Google one just so and get I one? can, like... But yes, and get yes. I'm like, Honey. Who, like, look, look. Some people are deciding that they're gonna pay rent out in California. What if I just plug in <laughs> my double decker trailer <laughs> with my electric fireplace and just be like, ma'am, I have arrived. Yeah. Or your fire candles that I got, I showed you about. That really still wow. That was. Um, <laughs> And I'm trying to think another friend of mine um, was like, yeah, when I mentioned that to them, they were like, yeah, you know, the little catering candles. Yeah. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? You can, you can you put know. them in fire, like fake fireplaces and have them sit behind the fire. It's it's unfortunately not that interesting of a story, but we were discussing it once. And if you put oh. these glycerin cans, they will basically give you a fireplace. It's what we do oh. in the Midwest. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how many right. people do that in the Midwest, but um, Maxwell certainly does. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> Maxwell does a lot of things. Maxwell also uh, used to have a, a snowmobile license. I did. I did have a snowmobile <laughs> license. I also have a clapper. My li- my lights in my bedroom are on a clapper, so I'm a very stop it. I'm a very unique human being. <laughs> Where do you even get that? that? I actually don't know, but it's actually not that convenient because if you cough. When you're smoking weed, it will also turn your lights on. So as a <laughs> weed smoker, unfortunately, um, my lights do kind of turn on and off. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one and see. How, you know, I need to see this for myself. 
I That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk more with my sis, Raj. Welcome back, my sister and former Top Model Glam Squad member, Raja Gemini. Uh, Now, last time (laughs) when you were here, we talked about some of your fantastic makeup career moments, like Mm -hmm. working with Iman. But Mm -hmm. let's chat about what life was like post-Top Model. So mm-hmm. you are doing makeup on Antium from 2005 to 2009. Okay. What what happened after that? Because um, I'm like 2009. That's pretty much what, what what year was it that you went on? Well, to? Uh, yeah. Um, 2000. This is hot. This is the timeline that I that as I remember it. I moved to New York to. Um, to accommodate my job with America's Next Top Model because um, Tyra had decided that she was going to move everything to New York. So uh, 2009, the, the huge recession hit. And that's when they changed their minds about having us as, as the crew um, on America's Next Top Model. They were like, well, shit, let's cut on the budget. Uh, and instead of having, no. th- having these overpaid stylists, makeup, hair people that were repetitive, let's just change the entire thing altogether. So basically, I was fired in 2009 from America's Next Top Model. Ooh. They were like, yeah, yeah. They were like, you know, we don't need you anymore. And Boom. I... And as you do in the industry, you just kind of figure it out, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're let go of something and if something ends, you go ahead and figure it out. So I'd moved back to L.A. Um, After that, uh, it was traumatic. It became very difficult for me to exist and live in New York City without having this constant paycheck coming in. So I moved back to L.A. and that's about the time when Adam Lambert and I connected. And he had... Yeah, he had just uh, participated in on American Idol at that time. And, mm-hmm. you know, him and I weren't very close, but he, you know, we, we knew each other in a social level. And we had a, uh, we had a circle of friends and a tribe of, of friends that we were closely connected with. And that's how we, we ended up working together. And that was at the end of my time in New York. I remember him requesting me to come and do the cover for his first album, titled for your entertainment and so if you go back yeah and i did all of the the makeup and visuals and stuff on on that album for him and then eventually we went uh on tour together because you know we were sisses and we were like you know we were judies and we worked really well together and uh i went on tour with him and then eventually while I was on tour with Adam is when um, Drag Race happened. So the, the, the timeline is really close between yeah. Top Model, between Top Model, which ended in 2009 for me, and then in 2011, Drag Race happened. Yeah, and, wow. um, and I was still going through the, the, just the trauma and, um, uh, you know, just trying to, just the, the existential, like, 
fuckery of it all. Like, what am I doing? Who am I? Where am I in my career? I, for the last few years, I had really kind of relied on my position at America's Next Top Model, and here I am going through this this crisis, and and uh, and then it all just kind of fit. It all just was like you know the timing of it. Went back yeah. home to LA, started working with Adam, and then boom, 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 and 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 you know Adam technically would be my last person that I ever worked with um, as far as a celebrity. I did. Oh, yeah. I did work with Iggy Azalea for a few dates, but um, but Adam was the the big catalyst. Watching him on stage uh, and waiting on the sidelines with a roll of uh, paper towels to <laughs> wipe up his sweat. Uh, you know, uh, uh, a shaker of glitter because every time he went off yes. stage for a costume change, I would wipe his sweat, reapply a little powder, and then douse him one more time with glitter, and then throw him, <laughs> and then and then he and then he would oh, and then we would do shots of tequila, and then he would go run back on stage and continue the show. I love, but that. I remember there was there was that one last that one last performance, I believe it was in L.A. And I was standing on the sidelines with that roll of toilet paper under my ar- uh, paper towels under my arm, uh, mm-hmm. the glitter in one hand, just waiting for him and watching the audience scream and hoot and holler. And I was like, I want that. Yeah. I want that. I don't know how I'm going to get it, but that's what I want. I want. I want yeah. people to. I want people to shout and scream, and I want to just you know. I want to douse myself with glitter before I go on stage and, and live. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Adam. Adam was definitely part of that that eye opening moment for me, um, where I was like, you know, I don't. I don't really. This isn't my focus anymore. This isn't. This is. I want to be. I want to focus on my performance and and adulation from an audience. You know. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So we've talked with top model contestants about their life post top model. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times it doesn't seem to be what the girls were expecting. So, okay, it's 2012. You've had a career in makeup mm-hmm. and now are the crown holder for the most significant drag competition globally. Mm-hmm. What was life like for you post drag race? And I think especially now with how drag has become very popular, popularized, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot different than, you know, things were a decade ago. So what do you feel like was the difference, you know, in your experiences then and now, I really love your wall color, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The sun, I'm sitting in my window and the sun is hitting me right in the eye. But anyway, <laughs> um, honestly, Shay, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. None of us did. You know, Manila was still a graphic designer at the time. Wow. And I remember her and I having a conversation. And she's like, should I leave my job? I don't know what to do. What do we do? What do we charge? What do we charge people to go on the road? Well, I hear that Jujubee's getting $2,000 per gig. And I'm like, well, shit, maybe I should be $3,000 per gig, (laughs) you know? We we just didn't know. We were were kind of stumbling around. And uh, should we make T-shirts? Do you think people will buy T-shirts from us? Uh, We didn't know. We we really Mm -hmm. didn't know. It hadn't, it really, 
was the uh, season three was the jumping off point. It was like, okay, yeah. now people now people are watching. Now the show's yeah. got a budget. Now yeah. the prize money is seventy five thousand dollars. When all of us had gone on there with the expectation of going home with fifty if we won. Yeah. So we really didn't know. We were moving into it really blindly. Personally, I was really concerned because I didn't know that if if I was a contestant or a participant in a rea- reality TV show, if it was going to ruin my what I thought was a catapulting career in makeup. I thought I was going to yeah. continue the rest of my life and be someone like Matthew, someone like Paul Starr, someone like Billy B. These, you know, uh, mm-hmm. someone like uh, you know all these uh, Kevin O'Quan, uh, Sam mm-hmm. Fine. There were all these makeup artists that I admired and thought that I was going to model my life after. I thought yeah. that I was going to continue becoming, uh, you know, this epic makeup artist, perhaps even having my own makeup line one day, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was going to take this turn. I didn't realize that I was standing at a, at a very particular fork in my road and I was just going to have to figure it out. And yeah. that's what we did, you know? And, yeah. um, you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have made bit better decisions. I wish I would have been a lot more clever and in, in uh, in PR and marketing myself, we just had no clue. We just thought that being, you know, we were all snookies. That's really what we were. We were all a bunch of snookies. We were just relying on exposure and we didn't know what that meant. We didn't know what, it, there was no such thing as paid partnerships on Instagram. Fuck it. There was no Instagram. You know, yeah. it was, it was Facebook. It was Twitter and yeah. I remember I had like 8,000 followers on Twitter and I was really impressed with myself, you know? So <laughs> yes. it was, it was a different time. And, um, and I, you know, po- you know, post for me has really all been the exact 11 years that it has been. Yeah. I'm still sort of learning and I'm, and I'm, you know, and, you know, I see all the girls, I see Miss Fame and Violet Chachki and Got Mick and, uh, and all these girls going to fashion shows. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. If 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 the if the industry were more savvy at that time to what the potential of what uh, uh, drag race could have been, I would have been one of those girls. You know, Absolutely. I would have been. You know, but it just wasn't. No one, yeah. no one. Uh, think about the the judges that we had on there. You know, mm-hmm. we had uh, Gigi Lavangi Granger. Who the fuck is she? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still wondering. I'm still wondering. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that too because we talk about like the show coming. You know, Top Model coming back on and like what the girls' experience like post show would be because. <laughs> We've talked to a lot of the girls, and they're like, um, <laughs> you know, the Lavonja <laughs> Granger. <laughs> the girls are always so, you know, a lot of them don't get booked after the show because they were mm-hmm. on this TV show. So it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, and that's and that's really that's really what I thought was going to happen. I was like, okay, well, they they give you prize, and then they give you this this, you know this kind of uh, thing. And then what do you do with it? You have to figure it out on your own, you know? And really what what people don't always realize, and I've said this on multiple podcasts and interviews, it's like, I don't think people realize that that really the work comes after. You know, you get the exposure, you get the, you get the title, you get the crown, you get whatever the prize money is or whatever it is. But really, uh, it's, it's kind of up to you to, to, to keep your... Um, you know the brand or the the the, mm-hmm. the vision going. It's really up to you to do it, and um, you know. And I think I I might have learned part of that from watching what happened with a lot of the girls. I knew that a lot of them wouldn't have 
big successful careers it was sort of a gimmick you know so mm-hmm. the work the work always comes after you you know look at look at all of these anybody who's ever been in a reality competition anyone who's ever been yeah. on uh, uh the voice anyone who's ever been on 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 american idol you know a lot a lot of, there's a lot of great talent out there but uh you know the work comes after it really does mm-hmm. it really does oh Okay, so now you have been a household name for over a decade in the drag scene, and Mm -hmm. you have gone on to do amazing projects like Very That and Mm -hmm. Fashion Photo Review. Uh, How has that been, continuing to be a consistently revered voice of drag fashion in the world of drag race? Oh, I don't know. OG I, fashion uh, queen. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm always so thankful for it. You know, when these when these are de- when when they first approached us, Raven and I, about fashion photo review, Wow was just experimenting with the idea of uh, you know having web series. So we didn't really know what we were doing with that either. We came yeah. up with the terms toot and boot, on, uh, you know, just on a whim. <laughs> We're like, what if we, what if we, you know what would be funny is if we liked it, we tooted it. And if we hated it, we booted it. And I was like, really? That sounds stupid. And Raven's like, no, that's funny. And I was like, okay, so let's do that. And so now, you know, I can go to any part of the, the country. I can go to any part of the world. And people are like, look at my outfit at a meet and greet. And they're like, do you toot it or boot it? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, 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 wow. You know, people are watching and I'm so thankful for for these opportunities because it really has kept um, my visibility and perhaps even, I hate to use the word relevance, but it really, when, when you're more visible, it, it does add to the relevance. So mm-hmm. I'm thankful for it. You know, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it. And I, and I'm, Glad to see now that on Fashion Photo Review in particular, that we're using other queens to do this. Because in my opinion, there, there's so many people underneath the umbrella and franchise of Drag Race with great opinions and great style and great um, fashion narratives that can definitely, you know, you and, well, look at you, you're, you're doing, uh, which one are you doing now? Uh, UK versus the world. UK versus the world. Okay, there's so many. and there's yeah. and, Which to me, it's like there's enough room for everybody. This Raven and I have our own uh, schedules now, and it's really hard for us to get together. And, and to me, to see other queens doing it really kind of, um, you know, excites me. And I'm like, yes. th- I think this is how it's supposed to be. You know, it isn't just mm-hmm. us. You know, I... I'm I'm certainly not not an uh, an exact expert. I'm opinionated on certain things, but um, it's just good to see it see it kind of being doled out and handed to other people to give to the responsibility given to other people who have uh, amazing opinions as well. Oh yes, well right? look, uh, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today, Raja. You are just you just always just just light up my life. Bitch, I, I love you. You know I, I love you. Okay, like halfway through, just because I, just because I know that you know you'll you'll totally get this. Like there was this moment where I swear to God I saw this like <laughs> light solar like flash like over on my like left 
like side and I was just like only while talking with Raja but I because I, <laughs> I was like I don't know if it was like a fairy or just like a little it just I was like mm-hmm. what the fuck is that um mm-hmm. but yes no you know I just love you you literally light up my life Aww, um can you tell you. all of our listeners where they can find you support you see you well you know, you can always listen to Very That with Delta and Raja, which happens yes. every Monday on your favorite podcasts. I'm still doing fashion photo review. Um, yes. You know, I'm excited to be making um, uh, an appearance after, what, two years now uh, at mm-hmm. DragCon. So if y'all want to come see me there. Yeah. And, and now and now that things have loosened up, I'm touring again and 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 going to different clubs and doing that again. So just, you know, follow me on Instagram at Sutan Amrul and and check in with what's going on. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening. And if you have any top model facts or questions uh, for Maxwell, me, our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. And remember to subscribe to Want to Be On Top wherever you listen to your podcasts. And make sure that you rate and review us because, you know, we're trying to grow this audience, gal. I'm Shay Coulet. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, the question remains, Want to Be On Top? Want to Be On Top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Forever To listen to Want to Be On Top? ad-free and Monday early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top? Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Shea Coulet, produced by Maxwell Esposito, editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.